A Karen, my crazy aunt, tries to force feed my uncle his diet so he eats exactly what she tells him to when she tells him to. But instead, the first moment he gets, he shoves an entire bread roll into his mouth and she goes ballistic. Then she tries to enforce her food rules on the rest of the family and that's when things go horribly wrong in the most funny way possible. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. This happened almost 40 years years ago. My immediate family was, for the most part, perfectly normal and boring. We were not prone to outbursts and tantrums. It was very calm and quiet. Everyone got along and we were pretty happy with our boredom. I tell you that so you understand that I had absolutely no experience at all with people prone to screaming fits. You should also know that I suffer from a case of terminal morbid curiosity. I also don't give a care. Never did. Never saw the fun in it. This happened when we were visiting for great auntie's funeral. I was 12 years old. My crazy aunt insisted that we all go out to dinner at her favorite Italian restaurant. It was just the best. She said so and she was never wrong. The gimmick here was a little flag of Italy on the table. When you wanted more dinner rolls, you raised the flag. This is important. Flag up, you get rolls. Flag down, no rolls. Remember that. The six of us are seated. They take our drink order and bring the bread basket. The cast has a new member. My poor long-suffering uncle who will one day be made a saint for being married to my crazy aunt for over 20 years. Some people said that he was an enabler. He wasn't. He was a victim as well. He couldn't leave her without leaving Emily. It started with the drink order. My crazy aunt said, um, we'll have five sweet teas. My dad said, I'll have a Coke. My mom said, I'll have a Coke. I said, tea, no sugar. This is a mortal sin in the South. Oh, don't be silly. You can't have sweet tea without sugar. I don't like sugar. That's stupid. Bring her sweet tea now. The waitress, while winking at me, said, Yes, ma'am. My poor uncle said, I think I'd like a Coke as well. And Emily said, I'd like a Coke. We drink Pepsi, not Coke. We are having sweet tea. The waitress brought us our requested drinks. My crazy aunt was growing agitated. My crazy aunt likes to control everything and everyone, so she told us what to order for dinner. I'm not going to get into an ethical debate here, but I refused to eat veal. She demanded we all have the veal. I refused. I knew this would set her off but oh well, I'm not eating veal. My parents, after I had explained to them years earlier why I would not eat veal, refused to eat it as well. Did I mention I get my I don't give a care quality from my parents? Well, they didn't give a care either. They were perfectly capable of ordering whatever they wanted. So they did. I had lasagna. It was good. My mother's was better. Once we ordered what we wanted, it emboldened my poor uncle and he stepped out of line and ordered something else as well. My crazy aunt was not having it. You are getting the veal. No, I feel like something else tonight. My poor uncle told her and she responded by saying the veal is the best. I still want something else. You won't like it. I'm sure I will. You don't know what you're talking about. But I know what I like. Well, you can't have it. Oh, yes, I can. I said no. Well, I'm ordering it. You can always just get the veal. That's because it's your favorite and you make me. I don't even like Italian food. Yes, you do. It's your favorite. I want the lasagna. Damn it, poor uncle. Order what I tell you to order. No, lasagna. At this point, Emily jumps in and says, I'll have the lasagna too. You can't have that. You're allergic. No, I'm not. 
I'm your mother. I know what you can and you cannot eat. Bring her the veal. My aunt told the waitress, the whole time this is going on, I'm looking from one to another like watching a tennis match back and forth with the pitch of her voice getting more and more shrill with each sentence. I was fairly certain that when we left, bats would have been summoned. I'm just watching them and eating a dinner roll. The food arrives and everyone got what they wanted, even Emily, much to the fury of my crazy aunt. But then it happens. My poor uncle raises the flag. My crazy aunt puts it back down. My poor uncle puts it back up. Crazy aunt takes it back down, up and down, up and down, down and up, down and up. I see the bread guy hovering at the end of the table waiting. The flag goes up and he rushes in to drop off the new basket before it can go back down. My crazy aunt grabs the basket and throws it at the kid that delivered it. To save time of explaining everything, basically every time a crazy aunt speaks, the flag goes down. The rest of the time, it goes back up. You don't need any more bread! But I want more! I said no! I'm an adult, and I can have more bread if I wanna. No, you can't! Why? Just tell me why I can't have more bread. Because I said so! You aren't listening to me! I'm hungry, and I very much want some more bread. Well, you wouldn't be if you had ordered the veal! Yes, I would. I always am, but you never let me have more bread. Tonight, I get more. I chime in and say, I want some more bread, too. No, you've had enough! No, really, I think I want more. Well, you are wrong! You seem upset. That's because you people aren't listening to me! Yes, we are. We just don't care. We want more bread. My dad said to me while trying not to laugh at how absurd this is, you are and helping. And I told him, I think you want more bread too. At this point, the whole place is watching our table and the battle over the flag. I'm fairly sure there were people taking bets on who would win. In the middle of the confusion, a nice lady sitting at another table nearest Emily tapped her and slipped the fresh bread basket to her. Emily took a roll and slipped it to me. I took one and slipped it to my father. Then it went to my mother, who, after taking a roll for herself, slipped one onto my poor uncle's plate. My crazy aunt saw it and grab for it. My poor uncle was faster. He shoved the whole thing into his mouth at once. It was a big roll. The waitress approached the table to see if we needed anything. Zans were unfortunately not on the menu and my crazy aunt demanded that she bring the check. But I said, I want dessert. Chocolate cake. That sounds great. I'll have some. Emily said, me too. My dad said, I'll have an apple pie. My mom said, I'll have a cheesecake. Bring cheesecake for the crazy aunt. She loves cheesecake. No! We are not having dessert! We are getting the check and we are leaving now! My dad said, no we aren't. Well, I'm leaving! You can all walk home! My dad responded by saying, I drove, it's our car. I know! Give me the keys! Nope. You have to give me the keys. I live here. You are just visiting. Yes, I'm just visiting with my family in our car. It's my state. I don't care. It's my car and you can't have it. You're a terrible driver anyway. No, I am not. You drive the wrong way on the freeway. I do not. It's the other cars going the wrong way. You also get lost in your own neighborhood. Not always. You are not driving my car. Yes, I am. No, you aren't. That, ladies and gentlemen, continued while we ate desserts, paid the check my father was buying as we were walking to the car and for the entire trip back to their house. My father drove. We dropped them off 
off and went back to our hotel room. My dad said, has your sister always been this crazy? My mom told him, no, it started when she was about three. What happened? She started speaking in complete sentences. Ah, I see. Even though this story took place a long time ago, what do you think we should have done? This was a hilarious story that really is a story about control. The aunt in the situation just wants control more than anything else, and she's probably never really been challenged up to this point in her life. The guy that she's married to, they're even referring to as poor uncle to paint the picture that he doesn't stand up for himself. He doesn't stand up to her. None of it. He just takes whatever he's given until now. He decided he wanted that bread roll and he got that bread roll by shoving it into his mouth all at once. I really don't know how you can handle being with somebody like that for so long. You just never get to eat what you want when you want to eat ever. There's actually a show called The Sandman that has a non-main character that reminds me of this. This non-main character guy dates this CEO woman who also does the exact same thing. He wants a burger. She forces him to have a salad. He wants to do something and she tells him to do something else. But that guy, as well as the uncle in this story, both have their breaking points. And once that dam has been broken, it all floods out. The uncle goes straight to having some chocolate cake on top of all the other bread and everything he wanted. So what makes a person want to be controlling in this way for so long about something seemingly so unimportant to so many people? Let me know what your theory is on that and what you would do if you were in this situation down below. Our resort put out a beautiful breakfast buffet every morning. Very nice self-serve. It wasn't your typical little mid-range buffet. This was high-end stuff. Saying what it was would make the location identifiable, so sorry, can't tell. The buffet has two hostesses that work at keeping everything stocked, fresh, and the coffee earns full. We had weddings here almost every weekend, so we are very used to dealing with them. One of the issues we dealt with was when wedding parties registered a few guests and those registered guests assumed the free buffet should accommodate the entire wedding party or others. Usually, we were able to inform them that the buffet is only for registered guests, but they could pay an additional $5 per person if others would like to join them. This was a hell of a deal for what we put out there, and most were perfectly willing to pay the additional charge. Then there was this party. First, it was an employee who booked the wedding venue, so it's already discounted for a wedding that is not hers, but a cousin's. The employee tried to book three rooms using an employee discount on all three and was a bit miffed that it would only apply to one room and only if she was in residence. She didn't want to be in residence. She lived in the community and was booking these accommodations for out-of-town family members, denied using employee discounts. So, said employee informs the guests that the free buffet is for everyone, not just registered guests, but everyone. The first day that they are there of a three-day stay, in comes 30 people from the family. This group has a huge family and the wedding will be over 300 people. So, seeing the large group who are already helping themselves to the food, we locate which are the registered guests, inform them inform them of the additional fee, and they refuse to pay. Nope, free is free. Sorry y'all, not happening. Front desk has to come in and address the free feeding frenzy, which now includes members of this party taking entire platters and walking off with them. They are taking out plastic bags. They came prepared to do this and dumping bowls of fresh fruits and more into them and bolting. In under 10 minutes, they completely destroyed and emptied the entire buffet. They walked off with full crystal jugs of juice and milk and even picked up the entire coffee urn, sugars, and everything. The hostesses and front desk struggle to get the buffet replenished and calls are being placed to the wedding coordinator and general manager. Other guests are waiting for their breakfast to be available and are quite kind and patient. The general manager comes in and is furious beyond belief when shown pictures and videos of what happened. 
happened. He calls the employee to come in right now and address it. She does and goes into a rant about how it should be free for all, that we wouldn't give her discounted rooms, etc. He tells her to bring the six registered guests in to talk. She refuses. So the general manager places a call to each guest, who now all claim not to speak English and just scream in their language. Except, surprise, the general manager speaks the same language. It's three hours till wedding time. General manager informs the six registered guests that they are free to stay for the day and the wedding, but they will not be extended to the second or third night. Wow, the screaming. But they are all coming down to the front desk to complain. So we get a lobby full of now over 50, more family has arrived, people all screaming in a non-English language about how they are being discriminated against, mistreated, they will have everyone fired, etc. Just wow, unreal. Front and center are employee, soon to be an ex-employee in about five minutes. So somehow this all winds down. General manager is having a heart attack and a panic attack and is barely containing his fury. He pulls up the rooms and attaches as many fees as he can possibly get away with, including the extra charges for the buffet, damages, etc. Wedding happens, sloshing happens, and all day and evening we are subjected to verbal abuse from wedding party and guests. The next day comes and now the people involved are aware that they are being kicked out, no longer welcome. General manager allows them to stay for the wedding day only, no longer. Wow, again, just imagine how that went down. Then multiply it. Bottom line, each registered guest ended up with over $1,700 in room charges. The employee was fired. The registered guests get on every DNR, do not rent in the county. Good luck getting family visits in the future, ex-employee. General manager and front desk spent all week sharing this story with everyone as far as they could. But right before the said guests departed, eventually they left a parting gift. One last trip through the buffet. They wiped it out completely. We ended up giving gift vouchers to all guests who showed up for breakfast to other restaurants in the area. The staff was dispatched to several stores, some 60 miles away to restock for the Sunday breakfast, which would have a full house, minus the wedding party. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Of course, they fought all the additional charges, but the videos of the condition they left the rooms in, with the drinks and old boy smoking in the non-smoking rooms and the food smeared everywhere, really helped out. Thank goodness for video, which also captured the first and second attacks on the buffet. There were also multiple people who were not registered, who apparently stayed in the rooms by what was left behind and observed. What a mess. Rooms were out of service for two days. What should we have done? Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. It's pretty surprising that this was all basically done by an employee. It seems unlikely that this specific wedding party would go to this specific place if it wasn't for the employee that worked there, letting them know about it and probably telling them about the employee discounts. So it was kind of like an inside job. I mean, there's a reason why everybody came prepared. They didn't just casually go up to the buffet. They basically bum rushed it, took everything they can and even had bags to put the food in to take elsewhere and the drinks and the crystal pitchers, everything. Maybe the employee who was using the employee discount here 
here, saw that other people were doing this and got away with it and thought, why shouldn't I be able to get away with this with my group of people? This is the kind of thing that makes it so that places don't have available food because they probably do a cost benefit analysis and figure, okay, this many people will book here because of this food. But if we get one person that takes advantage of it, it's going to cost us this much money. So let's not do it. And then you end up in a situation where there is no breakfast or available food at all. So let me know what you would have done in this situation down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. My son's school wants his Facebook password and email. Also wants us to hand over any phone or computer that he's had access to in the last year. My son is 15 years old. Today I received a phone call from the school telling me that they are doing an investigation into a series of very serious incidents that happened last year and they would like to have the password from my son's Facebook account. Also asking me to disable two-step verification if his account has it. They also said it would be really a great help if I hand over any phones, tablets, or computers that my son has had access to in the last year or so, removing any passcode or login restriction. I was shocked when I heard this. I asked about the incident and I was told that they can't tell me since it doesn't directly concern my son, that they only seek this to see if there's been any mention of it in the communications that my son has had with his friends, which might help them uncover some information. I declined. I told them that I'm happy to talk to them about the incident in person if it concerns my son, but other than that, this is very unreasonable and really none of our business. I was told something along the lines of, I strongly recommend you to help us. This is a very serious issue for a few other students and to be honest with you, refusal will have some consequences. I'm mostly talking about your son's future at the school in the coming school year, but also potentially legal. I really hope you cooperate for all of our sake. I told her to send us what they want in writing. She said she hopes we're not trying to make this difficult as, quote, lives are on the line here. I insisted that I wanted it for my records. She said they might do that. So my question is, what is this? They can't be serious about this. My instinct is to get a lawyer if we receive anything in writing, but really what I'm wondering is about how far can they go into this so-called investigation? Let's say when school starts, my son takes a phone or iPad to school. Can they confiscate it and look through it? Can they force him to reveal the passcode to it or force him to use his fingerprint to unlock it? How do I make sure they can't just invade our privacy like that? Jumping into the future, there is an update. I went to the school and asked what was going on. I did that to both confirm that the call was genuine and to see why they wanted to violate my son and our family's privacy on such a massive scale. First, the call was genuine and it wasn't a scam. Second, the principal explained the situation to me. It had to do with another student who attempted self-checkout, aka she tried to punch her own ticket because of bullying during the summer. Thank goodness she is now alright and has since moved to another school, but this was part of the school's investigation to figure out how it happened. When I asked how was it any of my son's business, they said they've seen them hang out together and while they don't think my son was involved in the bullying itself, they'd like to read his conversations with her because she may have confided in him about the students involved in bullying. I asked why this information wasn't obtained from the parents of the students. The answer was that they weren't willing to work with the school about it and she had left so they had no power over them. Strange use of words in this situation. I told them to leave my son out of this witch hunt and the way they're speaking to us, they sound like they're trying to bully us into helping their anti-bullying investigation, which is troubling and absurd. I told them that if they ever approach my son or try to take his phone or anything by force or threats, I am going to make a big deal out of this. Talk to the superintendent and hire a lawyer. Up to this day, they haven't said or done a thing. I talked to my son about the girl and what happened to her. He said he knew her and
and they had some mutual friends, but they weren't exactly friends, and he wasn't aware of her attempt. He only knew that she had left the school. He showed me their conversations, and there wasn't much there except talking about movies and TV shows. In short, the school backed off after I made sure they understood that I won't take any harassment or violation of our privacy lightly. So, was I the jerk for how I handled this? When the school said that there were lives on the line, it made it sound like there was still somebody currently in that moment in danger. But when the OP actually goes to the school, they basically explain it as somebody was in danger, this girl, but now she's okay and she's left. People were pointing out that if lives were really on the line, they should call the police. But in this case, another possibility that seems likely is that the school is trying to absolve themselves of any guilt or wrongdoing. And if they could get some parent to give over their kid's account, then maybe they'll find somebody to point the finger at and they won't be in any trouble for anything on their part. If it was because they thought whoever these bullies were were going to bully somebody else and they saw signs of that already, I think they probably would have said that. But that didn't come up at all. And I think most parents probably wouldn't give over their kids' social media accounts, not because they would necessarily incriminate themselves, but because that's a violation of privacy, just as the OP said here. So what would you do in a situation like this? Do you think your parents would give access to your social media accounts over to the school? Let me know your thoughts down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. I'll see you guys next time.